It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Bradford deep down the middle and on target again to Adam Thielen. The need for more explosive plays. They're getting them. Here's a very explosive play. It's a touchdown to Stephon Diggs. Bradford on target to Thielen again. Bradford cannot miss. Bradford throws to the goal line. Touchdown, Kyle Rudolph. All right. It is What If Week here on Purple Daily. So we've got all week long different scenarios of what ifs to run through, looking back at some of the past and how they've affected our world as we know it now. And, uh, I thought it would be best, Courtney, since you arrived in 2017, for us to do a fairly recent what if. And if you want to chime in on this, 651-646-8255, your first drama on the beat didn't was, take long for it to happen. And yep, same here. <laughs> Anyone, <laughs> we, we get really. here and it's like within like three days, you're like, oh, wow, thrown yep. to the deep end, head first, no life fest. Anybody who joins the Vikings beat... Three-week maximum for weird, Absolutely. crazy drama. Um, but your first was Sam Bradford comes out 2017 to start the season and goes absolutely bananas against the New Orleans Saints, throws all over them, has one of his best career games, if not his best. And then he is hurt on a non-contact injury, the worst kind for quarterbacks we're discovering <laughs> <laughs> and quarterbacks since, on this team. And since then, he played one game for the Vikings in Chicago, in which I will always say he should not have been playing at should all. Should never have been on the field. He went to the Cardinals last year. He couldn't move, and he didn't play very well at all. And I think Sam Bradford's career is probably over now. Just two years separated from this incredible game in New Orleans. Now, the question at hand is, if he never got hurt... Where would we be right now? If Sam Bradford had played out the 2017 season, and that would mean what for the Vikings? Because his contract was up after that. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean he would have signed it. So where do you want to begin with this question? I want to begin with the Saints in that matchup because I think he probably could have been as good that second meeting going the divisional championship game, if not better. Because Case had a lot of shaky moments. Um, in that in that second game in January, uh, to me that is that that's the biggest you know what you're looking at here with Case Keenum and Sam Bradford. 
when healthy, which we don't have, I agree, you know, they don't have a big sample size with it. When healthy, Sam Bradford is one of the most accurate passers in the NFL. He's got an arm that is unworldly. I think he really would have been, and that Saints defense got so much better as the year went on. You remember what happened to them um, early on in that first game? I mean, he carved them up. He carved that secondary, and I think that as good as they got towards the end of the season, it probably would have been the same result. So let me go back even before that. So you think that they still go to Philadelphia and lose? I do. Because, especially because Philadelphia had a crazy run from Nick Foles there, and the Vikings defense didn't stop them at all. I don't think it's 38-7, I because I think they probably wouldn't have been able to score more, but I do think that they still would have lost. I remember that day, because Bradford came back and was the backup mm-hmm. for that day, that I wondered if they would run him out for the second half against Philadelphia. Like, the guy's got a big arm, and maybe if anybody can throw us back into this game, it's Sam Bradford, but they decided to stick with Keenum, and that did not work out very well at all. But I want to go back to just even what you think the record would have been, because they finished 13-3, and and throughout that season, there was a narrative that the Vikings almost got lucky that, that Case Keenum was better than Sam Bradford, but that they would have not won 13 games with Bradford because he wasn't of the same leadership caliber as Case Keenum and also wasn't really willing to take a lot of risks. I think there were similarities between Bradford 2016 and Kirk Cousins of last year of lots of short passes, not many risks, and even though the offensive line was better in 2017, I thought Case Keenum made up for that a lot by being able to escape And instead of losing the close games like they did in 2016, they won close games in 2017. How about down in Atlanta, where Keenum didn't play very well, but found a way to win 14-9? I mean, it wasn't the entirely just defense doing it. They had a legitimately effective and efficient passing game with Case Keenum. I'm wondering if you think that they win 13 games with Sam Bradford. I mean, they could, but going back to like philosophy and the way that this offense would have looked, I mean, look what he did in 2016. He set the completion percentage, uh, highest mark that season. It's all checkdowns. I mean, that's isn't that where he got his name, Checkdown Sam, from? Like yeah. from that season specifically. I he's do, on the TV right now. Look at this. How weird is that? He just got sacked him? on TV. Well, the, the last oh, was highlight. Floyd. Yeah, the last okay. highlight was him getting sacked on TV. That was not a good game. I have that happen all the time where I'm talking about someone. The other day, I'm sorry for this. I mentioned Levon Hernandez as a total random at a conversation at lunch with someone. And I'm not kidding. Levon Hernandez popped up as part of some compilation. How weird is that? Was it Levon Hernandez with the Twins? It was not. It was was with the Marlins. It was with, um, I think, uh, the Nationals. Oh, okay. He played for almost everyone. Say it in. Do it again. uh, The Giants. Sheldon Richardson. Oh, there he is. No, okay. I cheated. Uh, (laughs) Well, anyway. I'm sorry for that interruption. That's okay. How many times does this happen? It's crazy. Well, I think with Sam Bradford, like there was just never the consi- the consistency factor that was there was a very boring, bland, vanilla offense. And if he was still the quarterback now, would that have changed? How I think honestly, he probably would have done better under John D. Filippo than Kirk did. I agree. With I that. don't. I don't think yep. that. I think that that would have been a much more seamless marriage, just because. Shermer and D. Filippo had a lot of the same. I mean, truly, they came from very similar systems. And I think that within the adaptability factor and just Sam's longevity of how many teams he's played for, let's put 
played in air quotes just because of the injuries. Um, I think he would have been a better fit for what he wanted to do uh, with such a uh, heavy passing attack. But do you think that in 2017 they still end up in the NFC Championship? Because I go back and forth on this. I mean, Case Keenum, for whatever reason, gelled so perfectly with Pat Shermer. But he also had this relationship with Diggs and Thielen. Not that other quarterbacks haven't, but it was different. Mm -hmm. It was like he was willing to throw it up to them and let them make plays. And Thielen and Diggs were tops in contested catches that year. And he had this sort of risk-taking, gunslinging, run-around type of thing that he did, which we know that in the NFL that always has a shelf life, if that's how you're going to try to win. But it came out still as... 13 and 3 and NFC Championship for Case. And with Reef and Remmers at tackle and then Rashad Hill really for half the season and other injuries that happened throughout that year. I think Danny Isadora ended up playing at one point. Case kind of covered up for that. I was watching for no reason whatsoever their game in London against Cleveland not too long ago. And Cleveland was getting penetration on that offensive line with no problem. And Case Keenum was running around and making plays. And he did that on a number of occasions. That touchdown at the back of the end zone to Thielen. Perfect example. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's just not a Sam Bradford thing. And I think that they're still um, in the playoffs for sure. Maybe even win a playoff game. I could bet on that with the number one defense in the NFL. With Sam Bradford, I'm not sure they go 13-3, and though. I don't know if that happens. I think they can still make the NFC Championship. I do. I don't know if 13-3 and three gets you there. Necess- I don't know if you need to have that. Um, but to me, overall, the difference between them, Keenum could go off script in ways that Sam could not. And yep. that's not just the knee injury. That's not just how stiff he sometimes looked back there in the pocket. Um, but Bradford could make throws that Keenum couldn't even dream of. And I think that Mike, Z- Mike Zimmer yeah. would have much rather had, um, if you're just looking at it on paper, I mean, that's his type of quarterback. That's very much like Teddy, um, in just in terms of how conservative he played the game and sur- surgical p- precision um, with how he threw the ball. And, and that's that's where I draw the line. I just don't know, with someone like Sam Bradford, is his career really over? It could be. Otherwise, there's no team's going to ever pay him what what he was paid at other parts of his career. I mean, the guy made $120 million, something north of that for playing two healthy seasons. And so I don't know what the Vikings would have given him. Had he stayed healthy? Is he here on a short-term deal? Is it a three-year extension? I don't think he was ever going to be the the franchise quarterback that maybe he could have been elsewhere with the Rams, maybe. Well, let me, let me get to that in our next segment as we continue to go through this, is what it would have meant to the future. Sam Bradford's two previous seasons, the one in Philly and in Minnesota, his average per 16 games. So this is what we could have projected his stats would have been had he played in 2017. And of course, they were playing really well with the receivers and whatever else, but uh, and had an improved offensive line from 2016. But he was... uh, for those two previous seasons, his average over 16 games was 4,200 yards, 22 touchdowns, 10 picks, and a 93 quarterback rating, 7 yards per attempt. Case Keenum in 2017 had a 98.3 quarterback rating, 22 touchdowns, and 7 picks, but only 3,500 yards passing because they ran the ball a lot more. But his QBR, and this is an ESPN stat that factors in the situation in a game. So if you have a game-winning drive, you're going to get more QBR points. If you 
Uh, get down 22-6, to six, for example. Just pick that score out of nowhere. <clears throat> Chicago game. Uh, and you end up with over 300 yards, then you don't get as much credit from mm-hmm. QBR. So that's the explanation there. Sam Bradford, the highest he ever had in his career was a 58. And that was through that was in seven games. And in 2016, it was a 57. Case Keenum's was 74 that year, which Keenum has never come anywhere close to before. But it's only out of 100. He was one of the top in QBR, and that I wonder if that would have been the difference for stepping up and making plays at big times. Bradford had a tendency to sort of back off. Mm-hmm. And in 2016, they had opportunities to make the playoffs, and he didn't get it done. There's a game on Thanksgiving Day against Detroit. Detroit threw that pick at the end. Exactly. And then yeah. Washington, he's going on a potential game-tying drive, throws a pick at the end, and... You know, he didn't throw a lot of interceptions, but they always seem to be at the worst times. I do wonder if Case Keenum, the way he was playing, would have had more wins for that season. But as far as your point to the future, that's what I want to talk about. Like, where would they be right now if Sam Bradford had that season I just described? Let's say he went 10-6 and six with 4,200 yards, 22 touchdowns, 10 picks, and had a budding relationship with Mike Zimmer. They seem to be getting closer. And he seemed to be coming out of his shell. Bradford did. Is he the quarterback we're talking about right now? Would they have re-signed him? How much money would they have re-signed him for? We will answer all those questions. It is what if week. 651-646-8255 is the number to weigh in here on Purple Daily. Tar Hero. Selfie sticks. Fidget spinners. The ice bucket challenge. Nah. This is something new. Welcome to the all-new Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. Bid on a $5,000 voucher towards residential services and a product from Apollo Heating and Air Conditioning. Apollo carries a complete line of quality furnaces, air conditioners, and parts. Choose the number one name in heating and air conditioning. Choose Apollo Heating and Air Conditioning. Visit scorenorth.com. To make your bid, keyword auction. Auction closes tomorrow at 8 p.m. Okay, we are back here on Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin. Right now on the TV, they are doing power rankings for NFL teams. So I think that before we go, we should power rank and figure out where the Vikings are. I can tell you where they have them is 15th, but I want to see if we agree with that. So we'll do that in the final segment, but... For what if week, we have been discussing what if Sam Bradford had never gotten hurt at the beginning of 2017. Now, there's some ancillary things to this. I mean, does Pat Shermer get as much credit if it's Sam Bradford with a great offense as opposed to Case Keenum? I say no. Does he stay? That's my thing. I wonder at that point, because he and he and uh, Bradford have long history, mm-hmm. uh, just dating back to their time in Philadelphia, too. And, I mean, I think that that would have been somebody. I don't know if you had your bets on a guy like Case Keenum. I wouldn't, personally. But what Pat, would Pat Shermer have been wanting to stay? Hey, if it goes a similar route, if they make the playoffs, if they win one, two games, maybe? Maybe I- he stays here as the offensive coordinator, maybe not. But that, to me, I think is something that's part of this whole equation. I'm thinking that... He never gets the offer from the Giants. The 
a lot of it was based on you took Case Keenum. Sure, an improbable thing happened. Right, and one of the best passing games. It was legitimately one of the most efficient passing games in the entire NFL in 2017. And if you can do that with Case Keenum, then hey, we've got an old quarterback who's limited in a lot of ways here with the Giants. Make the best of him too. And uh, actually, Shermer did that last year. Even though they didn't have a good team, Eli Manning threw for more yards than Kirk Cousins did and had a more efficient passing game than the Vikings did last year, which I I think would surprise people, but he really found a way uh, because Shermer is kind of a wizard. But to your point, yeah, I mean, if he never gets the offer, um, maybe if even if he gets the offer, he looks at it like, I don't know, the Giants, the situation's a little shoddy there with an old quarterback, and I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Uh, Maybe Shermer does stay. Case Keenum certainly never makes $20 million from the Denver Broncos and probably just remains the backup here, wouldn't you think? Yes, and potentially, but it's going to depend on they didn't pick up Teddy Bridgewater's fifth-year option going into that 2017 season. Right. So I think a lot that was in limbo with Sam at that point because that was not a conversation. I mean, granted, this is before I got here. Think about everybody else that lining up for that 2017 season that they knew they had to pay. Diggs, mm-hmm. Kendricks, Anthony Barr was in the discussion then, but obviously Daniil Hunter. And look at who all got paid last offseason. So right. they were able to do deals like that. I don't think Bradford was ever the lock of, oh, he's going to be the guy of the future, simply because he had a good season. He had a good season when he got here in 2016. He was handed the keys to this offense at a really tough time. Yeah. Uh, they didn't know what was going to happen with Teddy Bridgewater. It was a temporary fix. Now, did they want to make that a permanent option? It would have made sense had he stayed healthy, but I don't think you're looking at a franchise type deal. Like, you know, this guy's going to be with us for the net, for the second part of his career. I don't think that that was ever really in the, you know, a question because they just didn't know the deal with, with Teddy Bridgewater. Case is not in the conversation here. Yeah, he probably is on another $1 million deal. They would have had the money to do it. Um, but, but he's, co- he certainly doesn't become Case Keenum. No, he's, right? he doesn't become the guy who led them to the NFC Championship. So this is where it gets really interesting with Sam Bradford because the conversation would have been, if we projected out from his previous two years when he was fully healthy, what he could do, you're probably looking at a guy who makes the playoffs with the number one defense and has a pretty darn good offense with Shermer and the weapons and the improved offensive line that year, the solid running game, et cetera, et cetera. And they probably don't win the Super Bowl. So we're we're somewhere, I think you could project in between those two things with what Sam Bradford would have been. So then the question that we would have been arguing over was, do you bring back Teddy or do you re-sign Sam as opposed to uh, Kirk Cousins? We knew they weren't going to re-sign Sam when Mike Zimmer told us that Sam Bradford's knee was degenerative. (laughs) As soon as he said that, we knew it wasn't going to be a long-term deal for Sam Bradford. Had his knee not been degenerative and maybe been just fine, um, I think that they do sign Sam Bradford to a long-term contract, and I think it would have been a mistake to do so. I, d- I just define long-term, though. What are we talking here, like four years, five four, years? Four or five-year deal, $100 million, somewhere in that range, with a cap hit of, let's say, around 22 to 25. That's kind of the M.O. for his entire career, though. He'll have one really good season, fool teams in a way to thinking that his durability is not going to be an issue, and then he's out for in, in the guarantees in his contract are all front loaded, yep. so he's fine. He still makes his money. He just doesn't have to play. Um, you think they would have done it though? I don't think they would have done a four year deal. I don't. I think that given this team, he's given Teddy and 
just what they went through with that situation and knowing that the longevity factor is such an issue. And it's not like Sam was never hurt before. He had two ACLs and back-to-back seasons. I don't think they would have hedged their bets on that at all. I think they would have been like, yeah, this guy has injury concerns. Let's not go all in and go crazy. Maybe a three-year extension is what we need to do right now. I think that they would have. And what they would have said if he had made it through that 2017 season is, look, we know he's had the two ACLs, but he's been healthy for three straight seasons for us. And we think he's going to be healthy going forward is what would have happened if he had never got hurt against New Orleans, which is our conversation for what if week uh, here on Purple Daily. They would have said, okay, well, we'll sign you to the three-year deal, the four-year deal, and it would have been a lower cap hit than what they're paying for Kirk Cousins, but still a significant cap hit. And I would have felt, if they had done that, like they had made a mistake because they were signing up to a middle-of-the-pack quarterback that was never going to be able to get them over the top. And there are so many similarities with 2014, or 2015 and 2016 Sam Bradford to Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. where they have their moments where you're really, really impressed, but when you start looking over the other quarterbacks in the league where the top guys, you can't put them quite in that category, and they don't have enough playmaking ability to make up for whatever the shortcomings are. I remember having this conversation in Camp 2017. We asked the question, would you rather be the Vikings or Browns? Camp 2017. Like, Would you rather be a team that was in win-now mode, but had a quarterback who probably couldn't get you over the top, or the Browns who were dead last, who were drafting number one, and we're going to go from there. I said the Browns at the time, and I feel good about that take now. And I wonder if the Vikings, though, would have done that to lock themselves into being competitive during the remainder of the Mike Zimmer era, and Zimmer continuing to hope that he could win with defense. I think it flips the script of what this... I mean, this team's always going to be a defensive team as long as Mike Zimmer's here. And I think that that stays the case regardless of who your quarterback is. But I do think that the issues that that popped up this year... I mean, if you're playing the retrospect game, you have money then to spend on the offensive line last year, regardless of how much you pay Sam Bradford, because you're not giving him $84 million guaranteed. Right. That handicaps you. Like Whenever we talk about the what-if game... Find the one thing that causes you to say what if, and that's it's that contract. Mm-hmm. It's that contract that has this team in a tizzy right now because it has no money. Even before that, though, there were still those questions about this offense. Is this offense good enough to compete against you know the likes of the best teams in the NFC, the Saints, the Rams, the you know even at that point the Eagles? So I mean. I don't know. I don't think they... I'm still kind of standing my ground that they wouldn't have given him this long-term extension. So what would Um, they have done then? I mean, who who are they signing? (sighs) Are they bringing back Bradford? Because remember, there were five or six teams that needed quarterbacks last year. They could have brought back... I remember doing a scenario. I was looking for it, but I couldn't find it. But off the top of my head, it was a scenario of, okay, what if they just keep Bradford and Teddy and they draft somebody? But Bradford's not going for that if he's just had another season, especially if he wins the playoffs. Teddy might go for it, though. Look how much money he took to go to the Jets. Yeah, Teddy might have come back as the backup either way. Well, I guess not for Cousins, but he might have come back as the backup. Um, but I think he went to the Jets thinking he would have a chance to win that job over Sam Darnold if if Darnold wasn't ready, which he wasn't, but they threw him in there anyway. Um, I think that they would have kind of been between the decision of 
Kirk Cousins or Sam Bradford. And if Bradford was just coming off a 10-6 and six season, which Cousins has never had that good of a season, and that's what we're projecting. He wouldn't have won as many games, but he would have won a lot. I mean, they pitched shutouts that year and, and had games where the defense was so dominant there was nothing uh, you could do to lose the game, possibly. I think that they end up looking at those two options and saying, Sam, who they know, and they know exactly what he's going to bring you, or do you go outside the building with Kirk Cousins? I don't know if they were ever going to bring Teddy back with the knee. Even though it looks good with New Orleans now, they seem to think that the knee was not going to be good enough to bring him back. I think that they would have just put down the money on Sam Bradford, which makes me then go to the next question. If they Let's just say that they did put the money down on Sam Bradford. One way or another, they re-sign him. So he's the quarterback for 2018. I think they have the same season as they had last year if Bradford is their quarterback. I don't know. I think they're I think they at least make the playoffs. Maybe they're ten and six and they're still a first round exit, but I still think they make the playoffs. I think that Kirk Kirk has very you know, very remarkable parts of his game. He's a very good quarterback. He's not bad I mean, there's a lot that you can draw similarities between him and Sam Bradford. Yeah. But I think where where Bradford comes into play where he's just on another level is just some of the pinpoint accuracy, yep. the tight window throws. I mean, yeah, we've seen Kirk make them, but not on a consistent basis this year. Week two is really the only thing I can pull out in some stuff in week four. I don't think Sam Sam's dropping nine and a half yards back in the pocket and hope. Or was it ten and a half? Or hoping Riley Reef is going to be able to hold inside jokes. Inside jokes. What um, if What if Sam is back in 2018 and Pat Shermer is back? I th- I think that's a winning combination, and he Matt brings up a great point. Maybe Pat Shermer was not going to be offered right. that Giants job because it's not the spectacle of hey, you took a, a career journeyman backup quarterback and made him into somebody that led this team to the NFC Championship, which that's playing to his strengths. And I do think that there was kind of a limit with what we were able to see with Sam Bradford. I mean, he's, as I said, very good quarterback, but his strengths are more compact. Instead of where they're at with a guy like Case Keenum, where he's got things all across the board. I don't, I mean, the off script stuff, the, you know, being, you know, being able to scramble a lot of the stuff that he did and some of those wild throws that just so happened to work out. That's not stuff you're ever going to see Sam Bradford do. So just interestingly to me is your thought about the difference with Cousins and Bradford and whether, let's say they don't have Pat Shermer, and it's John Filippo. So the offense still has some of the same shortcomings as it did with Filippo, and the running game isn't there. Filippo worked with um, Bradford for a little bit in the in the in spring, I believe, of and, 2016. And, and maybe he would have been a little more familiar as opposed to what Kirk Cousins was. But the big difference between the two is that Bradford did not turn the ball over in 2016 very often. He had a couple of key interceptions that were unfortunate for him that cost them games. But aside from that, he didn't I mean, fumble much. Did he, he didn't. No, he did not fumble much. And he also had only five picks that year. And Kirk Cousins was among the leaders in total turnovers and especially turnovers that ended up being touchdowns for the other team. <laughs> that that was where they really got hurt uh, this year in their defense was their defense ends up ninth in points. But Kirk Cousins, I think, gave up either 35 or 42 points just on his turnovers. I don't remember a pick six against Sam Bradford, and I don't remember a fumble going back for a touchdown either. Well, there's a safety. Bradford got a safety? In Chicago. Remember, in Chicago, he was sacked yeah. in the end oh, zone? yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, he was playing on one leg. Right. Let's be yes. fair. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
I, that doesn't happen. I've completely blanked out the first half, aside from him just hobbling around, sadly. But he was not a, a guy who lost a ton of fumbles, Sam Bradford, and definitely didn't have... He, You know what he didn't have is that, like, brain meltdown that Cousins seems to have. And Cousins got away with stuff sometimes this mm-hmm. year where you were like... I mean... The backward pass to <laughs> Stefan Diggs, the backward pass Latavius to Latavius Murray. Murray. I mean, there were times where he got away with things. Uh, how about even in Detroit? Remember, they were struggling early on. He rolls out and throws it right to a cornerback who drops it. And that's stuff that Sam Bradford almost never did. Well, He never had these, like, what were you thinking, bro, type of moments. Yeah, he was so conservative. I, that's why he'd throw, he'd average, what, like four yards a pass? So that's actually Fine. that's why that's why I agree with you. I think they make the playoffs this year. Andy Andy was good with the screen game. He could ignite one. That's the a thing about Kirk Cousins that I can't figure out is why he can't throw a screen pass accurately. Is it because he's just a tick slow on some things? I like think he gets shook. I think he gets shook in the pocket. I think when he sees the defensive end shoulder start to twitch, he freaks out. Like the one that um, was it the Miami one. Where it was supposed to Rudolph was supposed to block uh, whoever it was on the, the left pick side. Six on that, yeah. yeah, like that's that's Kirk in the in a, in a tight situation like that when he's anticipating movement off the edge, he freaks out, and I think that that's that's something that's been with him his entire career. Sam was actually pretty good at those, if I remember correctly. So, would you rather have Bradford than Cousins? Like, just as a quarterback, let's say just um, today, your team is playing, same team is playing. For one million dollars, and you have to decide who your quarterback is going to be. I pick Sam Bradford. I think if we're not talking about the durability factor, I think it's a very clear cut reasoning. Knowing what we know about Kirk Cousins now, knowing about what we know about Sam Bradford back then, I think that's a very logical reason to pick him. I pick Teddy. Okay, well he was like, wasn't an option. <laughs> Cheater. Uh, that's a, it's a really interesting conversation because I think that even even if this happens, even if our scenario plays out, the Vikings are still in the same spot with a big quarterback contract and a guy that we're just not sure can get over the hump. Yeah. And other teams are drafting more quarterbacks who are coming to the league and Brady is still here, so we haven't seen Brady or Roethlisberger leave. The quality of quarterbacks right now in the NFL is extremely, extremely high. So when you start to rank them, if you rank healthy Sam Bradford coming off of 2016 versus Cousins, you end up in kind of the same spot, somewhere between like 16 and 18 or 19. And I wouldn't feel like even with an improved running game, even with a different scheme, even with so on and so forth, that you'd be looking at much different than just hoping your defense wins against a league that is extremely all offense right now. Good point, and I think that that's yeah. As we said, the identity of this team does not change. It's just can, can the offense sustain itself in ways that it didn't do in 2018 if Sam Bradford was here. I think you know there's there's something to factor in too. Like Sam Bradford didn't have a very effective running game ever no, when he was in Minnesota. All. What would happen if you give him a healthy Dalvin Cook who got injured in Week Four that year? So two of the the two big hits, and they were still able to go to the NFC Championship. Could Sam Bradford, let's say that that scenario still plays out, that Cook does not finish the season, how much, where is Sam Bradford, where is his ceiling with this team, where is his ceiling of the offense with Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon? I think it's probably higher than it was with Kurt, with Case Keenum. Yeah, and, and he helped, uh, or those guys helped Case Keenum so much. Oh, I mean, God, how many yeah. times was a dump off 
or a or a screen pass taken for thirty or forty yards. Uh, and and you're right that that help wasn't really there in 2016 for Sam Bradford. Healthy Sam Bradford, I think, probably does have a ceiling of going ten and six or eleven and five, but he is more talented just overall than Kirk Cousins and can execute things that Cousins could not and did not have some of the shortcomings. It just he always had this tentativeness to him, but you wonder if that would have worn away a bit as he got farther and farther away from the injury. They're probably a playoff team this year if that happens. I don't think that they're a Super Bowl team, but I think that they're if that had happened, if Sam Bradford stays healthy, I think that they're closer to being a Super Bowl team by a nose than they are right now. And I, I think if Teddy Bridgewater, which is one that we'll do at some point, had stayed healthy the whole time, that's the closest they would have been because of the trajectory that he was on as a first-round draft pick who had the intangible elements of Case Keenum, but also arm talent to go along with it. Uh, I know some people don't like his his windup, but... <laughs> the reason that the New Orleans Saints are paying him like $12 million to be a backup this year because he's a good quarterback. So anyway, uh, I had to make it about Teddy somehow, don't you think? Your your whole what-if <laughs> segment, I know this has almost been an hour for Sam. That's a two-hour segment. That's your whole show on Purple Daily when we decide to do that one. Well, the Teddy one, I'm working on something right now about that, and it's mind-blowing. Like, how many dominoes fell because of that? Like, yeah. how many people's lives were impacted? It changed a lot of, of what they did injury. in terms of free agency, in terms of the draft of the next two years. I mean, that, you don't hedge your, your whole, like, franchise for the next five years. I mean, that sets them back. Rick Spielman has never been able to get the quarterback thing right. He's admitted it, that that's the one position that escaped him. And I think it's fair to say that that injury and the what-if factor, you're looking at a what-if of three to five years at minimum of how far that set the franchise back. It, it's really wild. I just I made a list last night thinking about this because we were talking about what-if week. I made a list of people who were just changed by that, who ended up somewhere else. Or like even just think of like Kirk Cousins. I mean, does he end up in Denver? Does he end up with the Jets? And then they don't draft Sam Darnold. It's, it, it's really a wild... Um, butterfly effect. Whereas Sam Bradford's, I think with this one, it's interesting, but at the same time, we can kind of project it out of almost exactly what it would have been had he stayed healthy. So anyway, a fun conversation and a fun week here on Purple Daily. 651-646-8255 is the phone number. Uh, on the TV, they were power ranking football teams and had the Vikings 15th in the NFL right now. I want to know, Courtney, if you agree with that. We will discuss when we come back here on Purple Daily on Score North. You're listening to the all-new Score North, Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere, scorenorth.com. Join Score North from noon until 6 p.m. as we broadcast live from Dave Block Brewing Company on the corner of Washington and 11th Avenue South. Stop on by. Great craft beer and delicious pizza will be available to you as you head to any of the final four festivities this weekend. All right, before we get to power ranking stuff in the NFL and see if we agree or not with the Vikings being ranked 15th power ranked by ESPN, uh, there is a tweet you wanted to read? Yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good thing to argue for the what if. Uh, I think it would spark a lot of debate. 
Uh, this one's from Jeff Marcus on Twitter. He said, my what if is what if Rick Spielman made a competent decision going in 2017 regarding backup QB. At the end of 2016, the Vikings had two quarterbacks under contract, Teddy Bridgewater and Sam ba- Bradford, both only for one more year, though, through 2017. Both QBs had very serious health, dot, dot, dot. I believe that means issues. So I'm having trouble following. Well, competent going into 2017, that's Case Keenum. And he was more and than competent. He was, he was signed in the offseason in April, I believe, of 2017, or March 2017. I think he might mean, you know, beyond that, neither of those dudes were on the roster. Right. Had had there been a decision pre two thousand seventeen, maybe with backup quarterback before before Bridgewater got hurt, hmm. yeah, that's, I think that's, I think there's something you can argue there. That, okay, so that's what I thought that he meant, but I just wasn't following yeah. there. I, now, I think I read it correctly. Now, in, if you mean instead of having Sean Hill, yes, yes, I believe that that's the argument because yeah. he says going into two thousand seventeen. Yeah, I think he means going into two thousand sixteen because yeah. that's when they would have had just Teddy and Sean Hill, and Sean Hill was a classic veteran journeyman backup, a guy who uh, was on his second stint with the Vikings, presumably a smart guy in the room, but was not really a fan of ever talking to media, which is great. There's only two kinds of backups. There's the ones that you go to with like, hey, what really happened here, backup guy? And then the other ones who's like, don't you dare talk to me. I'm the backup quarterback. Like, that was Sean Hill. Did I tell you about my Sean Hill story? No. So, uh I wanted to understand progressions better because, like, you know, why not? Football. And I went up to Sean Hill, and I had never met him before, but I was like, Sean Hill, dude, you've been on, like, every team. And I was like, hey, uh, I was hoping to get some perspective from a quarterback from you, Sean. And he goes, Taylor Heineke's right there. Oh, man. And I go, I need one who's played. And Taylor, <laughs> Taylor Heineke just looks at me like, dude. I'm like, dude, you haven't played? What? So then Sean Hill talked to me and he was It's a nice clap back you had for him. Yeah, I think that, that you insulted Taylor Heineke I know, to his but face. I, I think that that's where I earned his respect. He was like, All right, man, if you're gonna if you're gonna hammer Taylor Heineke too, we're buds. <laughs> <laughs> and then man, I then he you guys never, bonded. Never talked to me again. Never showed up in the locker room again. So uh, Well he wasn't around that much longer either, so it's not like you missed out on anything. Sean Hill is so great though. Like a guy like him, he had to take a day off of practice after he played week one because his arm was too sore. He's just like, I wish, I remember someone wrote an article about how the Vikings shouldn't have traded for Bradford because they should have just stuck with Sean Hill because Hill's quarterback rating was higher for his career. Like, it's a very uh, he dense argument. No way he lasts three weeks. <laughs> no way. The, I he was mean, 37 the guy, when they had him here. Somebody told me a story, and I hope this is true about Sean Hill, that he would have to take breaks from watching film to go smoke cigarettes. And like, I, I, don't, <laughs> I hope I'm not, that's true. Like, I'm not 100% sure on that, but that visual is just perfect. And I have so much respect for that guy. Like that veteran backup quarterback who can come in and freaking win a game in the NFL, even though his best days are far past him, but he's just so damn savvy. He can still win. But uh, that guy wasn't lasting 16 games. Sorry. So anyway, ESPN, including you, were involved uh, with power ranking the Vikings. So if you're mad about the power rankings and the Vikings being 15th, guess whose fault it is? Well, you. I voted on it. I'm not like one person who voted on it. I voted on it. I had them listed higher. I had them at 
12. Oh, okay. So, so outside the top 10. So then it is ESPN's anti-Viking agenda. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> totally anti-Viking. <laughs> All right. So they have them 15th overall. You said that they were 12th. I had them 12th. Um, where do you want to start here? Do you want to go back and forth? Like you pick a team that's better than the Vikings and I will. That's then, fine. Let's get up to just then, up to the Vikings. Yeah, then yeah. we'll see how many we can pick before and that's their power ranking or what it should be. All right. Okay. So I will go first and pick the New England Patriots. I mean, are we doing this in order of like from one to 12? I think that's hard. Why don't we just pick teams that we know are better than the Vikings? New Orleans Saints. I will go with the Los Angeles Rams. I will also go with the Rams. You can't do that. You have to pick another team. Oh, wait. So we're not doing like oh back and God. forth? In the- <laughs> okay, it's This fine. is worse than pie charts. <laughs> Man, I got what this What is wrong. going on here? Fine. I will go with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's hard. Sometimes directions are just not made for people who are out of the box thinkers like myself. <laughs> Damn it. This is awful. Oh, man. Stop making fun of me. <laughs> no. Uh, I'll go with the Bears. <laughs> Should be writing these down because you're going to pick the same one you picked twice. I'll go with the Colts. All right. Uh, I am going to say the Los Angeles Chargers, I think, are still better than the Vikings. Philadelphia Eagles. How many more do we have? Has anyone been counting to how many we're at? <laughs> go, let's go like three more. Let's just call it even. Let's go like 12 because I think we're right around okay. there. Yeah, somewhere around there. But I'm seeing this is where I'm having trouble, though. Like... Are the Packers better than the Vikings? I'm not sure. Are the Falcons better? I don't know yet. I would say Seattle's better. Are we sure Seattle's better? Like on paper, off- yes. I think, but I think their offensive coordinator has no idea what he's doing, so that kind of hurts them. They have a better quarterback. It's not even yes. close. But I think when your offensive coordinator goes against the uh, Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs and just tries to hand off every time on the first two downs, that you're probably not a guy they should have in that position. When Did you see Dwayne Brown, their left tackle, said we should have passed the ball mm-hmm. more last year? <laughs> Your offensive lineman is saying we should have passed the ball. Offensive linemen love run blocking. It's amazing how uh, that's the narrative there and what the narrative was here with what the offensive lineman said about what they did what versus what they didn't do. Yeah. But you bring up another team, I think you could throw Dallas in that mix. Are you sure they're better? I, I would say they're in the same realm of on paper, projecting wise, it's probably a, fa- a safe bet. Because I'm not put, I don't know if I put the Browns in there. I don't know. The Browns are like, a really hard one. I struggle I think with that one because it's all paper. I like, think I would. Okay. I would, I would say that the Browns have a better roster right now. They have the two stu- superstar receivers. They have a better offensive line. They, I think, have a better quarterback, but we'll see. But I think so. And they, have a great defensive line. Not quite the number one defense like the Vikings have the potential for next year as a top five or or maybe even the best, but they should be pretty darn good on defense with that D-line. I think I will say that the Browns right. are better. It's fair. I, I just, like we talked about with Pat Mack at the top of the show, is it going to be a colossal failure? Can you really put all these pieces together and all of a sudden expect it to work? I mean, yes, they've been building this for a while. John Dorsey's got a strategy here and he's not afraid to trade guys. He's not afraid to go big and go after guys too, but they haven't been able to put it together. I mean, they started to last season once they made the switch, but is this the long-term answer? Houston and Baltimore. I would put Houston there. Probably Baltimore too. I think we're like 15 though. Houston signed Matt Khalil. 
I know because Yikes. they don't have the cap space really to do anything. I'm he, so I'm so scared for Deshaun Watson. I know. I, I like mean, it. if he was like scared it. last year and he's got that unathletic dude like, in front of him. If you're Rick Spielman, you guy. should be like, hmm, guys, there is a team with the worst offensive line. So you guys are overreacting. <laughs> there is a team, one team who has clearly a worse offensive line. Teams that are hard to figure out here: Falcons, Panthers. I say even Detroit Lions. They've added a lot of talent. I don't know if they're going to get better or not. Uh, Seattle is a hard team to figure out. San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo coming back is a hard team to figure out. They've added a lot of talent. Aside from that, though, yeah, I think you can get to probably seven or eight before you start having the conversation. And then with a team like Houston, you look at the quarterback and go, well, they do have a better quarterback, and I don't think there's any question about that. So, all right, well, maybe maybe you definitely put them there based on their quarterback, but their all-around team isn't really better than the Vikings. So there is this conversation. I think that they're closer to where you had them 12, 10 to 12, mm-hmm. that you could safely decide, okay, Patriots for sure, Chiefs for sure, Rams for sure, Saints, Saints for sure, and Philly. Beyond that, and I'm not even sure, I'm not even sure Chicago. That's That was the next one I was going to bring up. Are we buying that? I think that, they, let's see where they had them, because the Vikings, in, in this poll, they went Vikings 15, then Pittsburgh 16. Pittsburgh's one. Granted, it doesn't really affect Minnesota I think all that much. I think they are better than Pittsburgh, yeah. too. Um, where do they have the Bears? They had the Bears 6th. I don't know if I'd put them there. That's pretty high. I think I had them, Six I think I had the aggressive. Bears 10, something like that. I think, they're dipping, I think they're dipping back a bit, but they could still make the playoffs. The, the wild card here that I just don't know, and that ESPN had them hand-in-hand with the Vikings, is Green Bay. Because the spectrum of results, potentially, for Green Bay goes, in my mind, anything from 6-10 and next year. It doesn't work. The roster isn't good enough. Rodgers continues to fall off. Or, I mean, 13-3. and Like, Rodgers, if he plays the best football in a new system and their defense is as good as I think it's going to be next year, which is a big step forward, mm-hmm. I think, they could be 13-3. I, I don't know which it's going to be for the Packers. They're the hardest I mean, team to pick in the league for me. I just think that, the, and, and once again, it goes back to the argument of you can crush free agency, but it might not pan out. I just can't see. They, they literally hit on every single position of need especially on defense that they needed to go to, to go after in free agency to set themselves up for what they want to do in April. So I just I just have a hard time looking past that and being like, well, you got good players, you paid money for good players and you even overpaid for a guard that is probably going to be pretty good. But I I just have a hard time believing that that won't be a success for them. So you think that there's a really good chance that they're a great team. The only thing that I look at is a potential downfall is Rodgers last year didn't want to throw the football. Like, it's crazy to look at his pro football focus grades on the throws he did make versus what his stats were, how many throwaways he had, how many sacks he took. Like, he was standing back there, standing back there, and then throwing the ball away Which is so why often. they need to go get a vertical threat to replace, I mean, they don't have Randall Cobb anymore. Not that he really was that at the end part of his career with Green Bay anyways, but that's why they need to go get somebody like that because he didn't have the true vertical threat, kind of like Kirk yeah. Cousins. They probably will be drafting somebody, like a weapon in the top, but they're they're a tough team for me. Well, anyway, thanks for playing, Courtney. This is a fun game. I'm sorry I screwed it up at the beginning, Actually, but I, re- I rebounded. I think it's better when you botch every game we try to play. 
I wouldn't say it's botching. I say it's um, just bending the rules a little bit here and there. Picking the same team. I just, um, I miss that part. So uh, what's coming up next on uh, the radio station here, Courtney? Coming up next in four minutes, Score North Live with Matthew Collar. From two to four, your guest today, Bruce Pearl. <laughs> the University of nope. Tennessee. Nope. No, Bruce oh, Pearl's darn. not coming you on. Did, how'd you not get him nope. on? he's not coming on. Sorry, you're wrong. I know, um, I also said he's from the University of Tennessee, so you can just like go ahead and just like kick that, me Courtney. out of the room. This I'm sorry. Tennessee Vols fan, don't do that to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't do that to me. This has not gone well over no. the last like 12 minutes. I have here. underachieved in the last like segment. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Actually, Danielle Robinson and Chip Scoggins will join the show next. Awesome. Uh, 220 and 320. So we will uh, carry on. Here on the station, on to the Score North Live portion. When we come back, you are listening to Score North. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.